Hey everyone, thank you for joining us. I'm Glenn, I'm one of the pastoral team here. Glad you could join us for this message this morning on, good, on uh, Palm Sunday. You know, in a time of crisis, we often get a glimpse of what people are really like. It's, it's like um, when they're under pressure, people's tendencies and priorities can come to the surface. I expect some of you, some of us have had a pretty big week and um, that affects us. And I'm sure many of us have had to make decisions that were influenced by COVID-19. You know, we each have had the opportunity to decide whether or not we will adhere to guidelines and, and how we will respond to those. And I encourage you to, to consider the well-being of others when decisions like that come up. But in, in a crisis, both the good and the bad can come out. I mean, we've seen the good in, in neighbors helping neighbors and people being willing to reach out. And we've also read in the news of bad things like, like fraudsters doing these scams around COVID aid and stuff like that and trying to get people's information and, and in, in, the, in an effort to, to basically steal money. I mean, those are obvious examples of you know, the good and the bad. But when it comes to personal behavior, it's sometimes difficult to know just exactly how we should how we should act, how we should respond to different things. How do we navigate these uncharted waters? Um, this is Palm Sunday, and for those that are not familiar with that, it, it it's the Sunday directly preceding the Easter weekend, and it gets its name from the palm branches that people were putting on the road as Jesus came into Jerusalem uh, in that fateful week before Easter. And so that's, that's why it's called that. And his triumphal entry was him coming in. Now, for Christians, that's typically a holiday, right? It's something that, that is, you know, Easter is something we celebrate. But for Jesus' life at that time, that must have been a very challenging season. There was no picnic. That was no holiday for him. He had spent, he'd spent three years investing in 12 men with the idea of passing his ministry on to them, even though one of them was due to betray him and he knew that that was coming. He became more and more popular over those years and some followed him, and, but some became his enemies and really didn't know quite what to do with him. So coming down to the final days of Jesus' life, how did he live out his life in the meantime, in those times between his, his, when his ministry began and, and when it would end. What were his priorities? You know, what, what can we learn from what he said and what he did in those days that can help us to navigate the days that we're in now? What can we do and what can we learn from him in the meantime? I want to focus on the gospel of Mark this morning as I consider how Jesus lived out in the meantime. But let's give some context. As we, as we look and read at the, of, of Jesus' ministers recorded in the first 13 chapters of Mark, we see that it began in the area of Galilee, and that's where he focused most of his time. But around the eighth chapter of Mark, there's a, there's a shift where Jesus sets his sights on Jerusalem, and he, and he leaves the area of Galilee and starts to work his way towards Jerusalem. And I want to point out something significant in those times and something that significant that started in chapter 8. Jesus predicted his death three times to the disciples in Mark's gospel. And because it's repeated three times, we know that that's pretty important. And it's like it's significant both to Mark who was writing the story and, and to Jesus who was, who was telling his disciples. 
So in Mark chapter 8, starting at verses 31, just reading 31 and 32, we read that when Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of the religious law, he would be killed, but three days later he would rise from the dead. And as he talked about this openly with his disciples, Peter pulled him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. And we understand that that's where, where Jesus really kind of speaks to Peter. But he, he repeated this twice more, telling them, predicting his death in Mark chapter 9 and Mark chapter 10. So we see this repeated uh, time after time. And um, Jesus wanted to make sure that they, they understood what was going on. But it, for us, it helps us to realize that Jesus was aware of the days in which he lived. Jesus understood. He knew what was coming even if his disciples didn't really understand what was going on. I believe he was intentional in his actions and in his priorities in light of the season of life that he was in. He was living in unprecedented times. These were challenging days leading up to Easter. If any of us were in Jesus' shoes, I want you to think about that. You knew what was coming, all these predictions that were happening. I think... It would be a time of uncertainty and potential fear for us. So how did he conduct himself? What can we learn from him? Remembering, of course, that we're not Jesus, but we are his followers. And he left his word for us to be able to learn from him. So let's, let's take just a moment and I'm going to pray before we dive in to Mark chapter 10. God, I thank you for your word. And Lord, even as we recognize that Jesus was living in a time of crisis, even as we are similarly living in a time of crisis. God, help us to learn from Jesus different things that we can do and different things that we can learn from him to be able to navigate these crazy days that we live in. So God, I just pray your word would be encouraging. God, that you would speak to us through your word and that, Lord, because of it, Lord, we would be able to navigate this, this season that we're in well. In Jesus' name, amen. So this week, I'm going to be a little bit more in a teaching style, I'm going to pull some scriptures out and pull some things apart. But let's look at Mark chapter 10. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Tan Translation. So for the sake of time, I'm not going to read the whole thing. But I want to encourage you to do that yourself this week. Take, take your Bible and, and look up Mark chapter 10 and just read this whole story. So Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 1, says, Then Jesus left Capernaum and went down into the region of Judea and into the area east of the Jordan River. Once again, crowds gathered around him, and as usual, he was teaching them. Now, I know this doesn't seem very significant yet, but I want you to think about this. It says that once again, a crowd gathered around Jesus, and he began to teach. He was engaged. He chose to continue to do what he'd been doing, to do what he had been called to do. He was teaching. He was engaging with the greater community, even though he only had limited time to work with. It speaks to a life that it was purposeful. It, it speaks to, to him understanding what he was called to do. Isaiah, there's a prophecy that, that Jesus reads when he's in the temple earlier in his ministry. And it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me that I might proclaim the gospel to, to the poor and, and so on. And it goes from there and it gives context. Well, Jesus was continuing to do that. Though things were changing, far beyond what people even realized, Jesus still invested in the long term. He was, he was teaching people 
for life. He was preparing them for life ongoing. He even addressed the, the idea of lifelong marriage in this little passage in the verses that followed verses one and two. So he was thinking beyond the next week, if you will. Jesus had, had a moment coming, but he, he was thinking beyond that as he invested. So as we navigate COVID-19, let's sh make sure that we're doing what matters most and keep doing those things as much as possible with life beyond COVID-19 in mind. This is going to pass. And, we will, and, and let's think about in the season that we're in, even if, as we're in the midst of it, let's realize that we can be preparing for life after COVID-19. So I'm going to skip down to verse 10. And it says this, Later, when he was alone with his disciples, and they were in the house together, they brought up the subject again. Now, in the precious time leading up to Easter, Jesus also made time to be with his disciples. He made that a priority. He got alone with those closest to him and invested in those people and spent time with them and allowed them to invest in him. He didn't abandon them for the crowd. I mean, he could have used the crowd as an excuse. It's like, no, I've got all these people gathering to hear me teach. I can't, I can't take time to be with those that I love the most. But he kept his priorities straight and he did that. He, and he stayed connected with them. So in these days that we live, it's so important that we stay connected. And I know we've said this many times. It's important to have people that we are real with, that we can be together with and close to, to help us process life, because we're going to need that. We're going to need to encourage one another. So this season will pass. But in the meantime, number one, keep engaged doing what we know to be that we're called to do, keeping life after COVID-19 in mind. And number two, stay connected to those closest to you and encourage one another. So we pick up the story in verse 13. And this is great. Uh, uh, if you were in my mind and could picture this, you're going to love this. So one day, some parents, verse 13, 13 says, one day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples, they scolded the parents for bothering him. But when Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. And he told them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these little children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms and he placed his hands on their heads and he blessed them. Jesus blessed the children. Now I want you to picture this for a moment. I envision like divine pandemonium. I picture when we gather here on a Sunday morning and there's kids running this way and that way around. It, there was, you know, there was joy in this. It's like, it's, it's that sense that kids weren't worried about politics or about religion. They weren't stressed. They were just being kids and they wanted to come to Jesus and the mothers and their parents were bringing them. Jesus didn't scold them for this. He embraced them. So how does that apply to us? Well, even in these crazy days, let's give ourselves permission to have some fun. It's, it's okay to get down on the floor and play with the kids. It's like, have a virtual dance party, whatever. Laugh a little, make good memories. So in the meantime, stay encouraged, stay engaged with your community, stay connected to one another and do something fun. So let's, let's look at verse 17. Is this, is this good? You're keeping up with me here. We're covering a lot of ground. 
So as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, again, that focus, he was focused. A man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, why do you call me good? Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commands since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. That's such a great line. He says, there's still one thing that you haven't done. Go, sell all your possessions, give the money to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come follow me. Well, at that, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. So again, in verse 17, we see, see Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. He was focused. He, he knew his journey was taking him somewhere. And, and folks, realize this morning, you're, you're going somewhere. You're going places even in this season. Things may be frozen, but spring's a coming. Like, so don't, don't worry. It's like, stay on track. Stay the course. Like, let's not, let's not be in despair and let's not wander aimlessly, but let's, let's face tomorrow with determination and purpose. But there's something so important not to miss. Jesus was willing to love people along the way. Okay? Even, even the ones that didn't get it. Verse 21 says he loved the rich young man. He loved that rich young ruler. And he showed it by taking time, by speaking truth, by giving opportunity to follow him. Jesus genuinely cared for people and he showed it to this young man. So as you stay the course, right? And stay focused and live with purpose, love people. Be interruptible. Be willing to speak truth. Jesus did that. And invite people along the journey with you. And ultimately, invite people along the journey with Jesus. And don't expect it to be easy. Okay? It's the young man walked away. Jesus had given him the invitation. Jesus told him exactly what he needed to do. And the man walked away. And Jesus said, well, it's hard for rich people to enter the kingdom of, of God. And then verse 26, the disciples were standing. They said, well, who in the world can be saved? They asked. And Jesus says, he looked at them. It says he looked at them intently and he says, humanly speaking, it's impossible. But not with God. Everything is possible with God. Everything is impossible with God. But remember, those things are not easy. Those things that are actually possible with God are impossible without him. So as we think about this, let's stay engaged with our community doing what we've been called to do. Number two, let's stay connected to those closest to us and encourage each other. Step three, let's, let's do something fun. Make sure we laugh in the midst of all this. Number four, let's stay focused, but love people along the way. And number five, remember the impossible is possible with God. There's, there's so much in this, this chapter. Uh, the next verse, verse 45 says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for, money, for many. And there's, there's a whole message in that one verse. But I want us to look at verses 46 to 52. And it's the story of blind Bartimaeus. And, and I'll wrap up with this thought. So, uh, yes, Mark 10, verses 46 to 52. 
says, then they reached Jericho, and Jericho was very close to Jerusalem. So then they reached Jericho, and, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a, a large crowd followed him. And a blind beggar named Bartimaeus was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Everybody's like, be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him. But he only, he only shouted louder, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped. I love the picture of this. Jesus is making his way. When Jesus heard him, he stopped. And he said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. They said, cheer up. They said, come on, he's calling you. So Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus said. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see. And he followed Jesus down the road. Jesus healed blind Bartimaeus. It was a miracle. And again, this was another great example of Jesus' love for people, even the marginalized, and it showed how interruptible he was on his journey. He stopped. And he asked Bartimaeus what he wanted. And then he did what was in his power to do to meet that need. As we do this journey and as we try to figure this stuff all out, Let's love people. Let's stop. Let's even ask people what they need. And let's, let's do what's in our power to do for them if we can meet that need. So I know I've covered a lot of ground and I hope I've made sense. And then we recognize that this season that we're in, this COVID-19 season will pass. But in the meantime, how do we live? Well, in the meantime, let's stay engaged with our community. Let's keep doing what we've been called to do. It's like each of you has, has gifts and, and things that, that you can do and just who God has created you be talents that can be a blessing to those around you, even, in, even with social distancing and, and, and with uh, isolation. God has created you for good works. He's, he's created you in a special way. So engage those in your world in our city, in our neighborhoods. And pray, and I believe God will show you different ways that you can engage. So that's number one. So number two, stay connected to those closest to you. And we know this, and we've repeated this, but I want to say it again. It's so important that we stay connected. So don't take that lightly. I want you to encourage those you love the most, because sometimes they're the ones that, that we neglect. Encourage those that you love the most and allow them to encourage you as well. We're all busy, we're all doing things, but let's not miss that opportunity. The next one, do something fun. It's okay. Laugh. Any of you that, that saw me on Friday with the little thing that went up on, on Facebook with my little uh, encouragement there and me jogging along, it's like, you're, you have complete permission to laugh at me for that. But it's like, you know, do something. Play with your kids. Make some good memories in the midst of all of this. Let's not take life too seriously. The next number four is stay focused, but love people along the way. Be interruptible. Ask people what they need and do what's in your power to do. 
You know, for Jesus, it was healing this man and giving him his sight. For you, it could be picking up toilet paper for a neighbor and dropping it off. It's like, think, you know, think of those things that are within our power to do. I'm not asking you to, to, you know, to carry the world, but it's like we can find creative ways to be a blessing to others. And number five, remember, humanly speaking, it may be impossible, but everything is possible with God. So once, stay engaged. Number two, stay connected. Number three, do something fun. Number four, stay focused, but love people. And number five, remember, with, with God, everything is possible. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for your word, and I just pray that it's an encouragement to your people. God, that as we consider how we live out the, these times that we live in with, with COVID-19 and so many things that are being affected by that. God, help us to, to live in a way that honors you, that's a blessing to people. God, we need your strength. I just pray you would guide us each step of the way, that you would show us ways that we can be a blessing to others, that you would help us to encourage each other and to receive encouragement from one another. And God, we just recognize that without you, it's impossible. But God, with you, all things are possible. So for those that are facing some pretty impossible situations right now, I pray, God, you would be there everything. You would be there all in all and that you would supply in Jesus' name. Amen.